My name is Wright. I am the voice of reason. I speak for the last crusade. Imagine, if you will, the bewilderment of the conservative, the neoconservative, the libertarian, the Tory, confronting the madness of the modern generation of postmodern, post-rational, post-Christian New World Order. To visualize this bewilderment, envision the conservative as he stood in 1945. Imagine you are a man who believes, with a quiet and steady belief, that laws should be made by an independent parliament, not by the will of a single monarch, or, better yet, by an elected congress with only limited powers. Why should those powers be limited? Because men are sinful, and not to be trusted with power over those things each man should, and indeed must, do for himself, the private things. You believe man should keep the fruits of his labors, and you believe that man should be free to swap or trade them to whom you will, when you will, on such terms as you and he find mutually agreeable. You believe a man should rely on himself, and in emergency on his neighbors, in that it is shameful to take charity. You believe it is unthinkable to compel charity. And you believe it is akin to castration to make a man the ward and dependent of a faceless bureaucracy because this makes him a slave. Slavery is evil precisely because a man's life is his own and no man is sinless enough to be trusted with total power over another man. You think all men are created equal because it is self-evident that they are. You think a man's choice of by what right he worships the Creator should not be compelled and ultimately cannot be. You believe in the ordinary decency that was once taught to all ordinary boys that a man should be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. One who has the character reflecting these things is called decent, and those who do not are not. The private things are, in other words, property, charity, liberty, life, equality, fidelity, and decency. Imagine that all around you agree with these basic truths, so much so that to question them seems an act of frivolity, if not obtuse. There are, overseas, certain mentally warped and morally perverse creatures who preach despotism and genocide, and who reject utterly all you believe, but they are as alien to your worldview as men from Mars, and you think the madness of the old world will never travel to the new. It cannot happen here. Next, imagine that our conservative of A.D. 1945 sleeps like Rip Van Winkle and wakes into the modern day. Upon waking, you find that each thing you own, you no longer possess. For... In the name of regularizing the economy or protecting the environment, you retain little control, or none at all, over the disposition of your labor or its fruits. Questioning why, you are told that the regulation of trade and the protection of the common welfare, which includes the natural environment, are matters needed for the protection of property rights. Property rights can only be protected by eliminating private property. As a believer in property rights, you are left dumbstruck and without an argument. Upon waking, you see cities, peaceful and prosperous in your day, centers of major industry like Detroit, now looking like the burnt-out hulks 
of the European towns just yesterday you saw reduced to rubble by aerial bombing. Questioning why, you are told that multiple generations of fatherless bastards, their fathers and grandfathers, are all supported at public expense, on the dole. For to compel the bastards to work, or to wed, impedes their self-esteem. True charity, you are told, consists not of giving the money prudently to the deserving poor, to the working poor, but in protecting the self-esteem of the wards of the state, namely by making them entitled to the fruits of another's labor, so that there is no charity involved in the transfer of funds. It is theirs as a matter of right. Charity demands the abolition of charity. As a believer in charity, you are left flummoxed and unable to voice a sound objection. Upon waking, you find that laws have been enacted against hate speech, and laws against discrimination, and laws against the abuse of firearms, and laws against the abuse of drugs. This means that the First Amendment, the Second, and the Fifth have been abrogated. For speaking a word or cracking a joke that offends an unspoken and unwritten set of rules called political correctness, you can be fired, demonized, harassed, vilified. You can be pepper sprayed and beaten with rods by masked brown shirts in public. The brown shirts, not you, will be portrayed and applauded as heroes and you as the oppressor. You, not the brown shirts, will be called the Nazi whose evil regime you just yesterday spent blood and treasure to overthrow. No matter what the thugs do, whether knifing an innocent victim, kidnapping a child, reaching for a weapon, wrestling with the police, or murdering you, they are the heroes. Nothing they do against you will be reported on the news, or if it is reported, they'll be the heroes. Any act of self-defense on your part is an unprovoked and racist hate crime. You are always the enemy of the state. You are always the enemy of the people. Also, the police, in the name of the war on drugs, can seize your property without a warrant. Also, the Town Board of Planning and Zoning, in the name of aiding local businesses, can condemn private property and sell it to land speculators for a strip mall. In the name of the War on Terror, as an American citizen, you can be killed by an unmanned aerial vehicle without a trial, without a hearing, and without any due process. Questioning why, you are told that these things are needed for the preservation of law and order against internal corruption and external enemies, as well as for the el elimination of that bigotry which imposes on the civil rights, hence on the liberty, of minorities and sexual perverts, whose rights now trump your rights. And guns are being taken away for the same reason you yourself would take away power from tyrants. No man can be trusted with the power. Liberty demands an abrogation of all your liberties. As a believer in liberty, you are left flabbergasted and unable to concoct a coherent counter-argument. Upon waking, you find that your life now belongs as a property to your group identity. This identity does not have the property of self-identity. That is, A is not equal to A in your case. Because, for example, a white male is not a white male if he is a Muslim, a Mexican, a foreigner, or a homosexual, or if he has some other claim on some other group. An Hispanic who shoots a Negro attacker in self-defense is suddenly a member of the white male group, and a conservative speaker who is a woman is no longer in the female group, and so on. Rights, including such things as college admit admissions, and who may speak such words in jest, 
and whose votes are counted and whose are not, is all controlled by these group loyalties. Questioning why, you are told that since bigotry and oppression, and indeed the any ability of a citizen to live his own life, is hindered by the enmity between the group identities, the only way for the individual to protect himself from bigotry, and hence to be free to live his own life, is by allowing his individual identity to be subsumed in his group identity, and all his freedoms sacrificed to that end. Hence, to live freely, he must have his life abolished. As a believer in man's ownership over his own life, you are left nauseous and can say nothing. Upon waking, you find that the Boy Scouts, an institution designed to teach boys good character and moral uprightness, wish to admit into their ranks a sexually perverted creature called a transsexual, who is a girl that dresses as a boy, and apparently suffers from a mental defect encouraged by her own parents, rendering the child unable to distinguish the sexes. The newspapers all refer to this girl as he and him. And you are upbraided, and may indeed be subject to a lawsuit or legal penalty if you do not go along with this stark lunacy. The plan is to have girls from between the ages of 8 to 18, the years when girls ripen into women, sharing pup tents and showering facilities when camping out with boys of that age, going through the same unsteady wildness of adult hormones. No chaperone is required because by law, all boys have to lie to themselves and each other and pretend the girl is a boy. These official lies will require the boys to be taught to avoid rather than embrace trustworthiness. However, due to the rights of homosexuals to enter into the target-rich environment of Boy Scouts, a chaperone is required each time any adult is alone with a boy. Questioning why, you are told without the ability to decree oneself a member of the opposite sex at will, the right of a girl to control her own life is abridged, and if boys can be boys but girls cannot be, that offends the right to equality. It is for the same reason that you must be forced by the government to pay for the medical insurance covering maternity needs of the homosexuals. It is for the same reason that homosexuals can not only wed, but can compel Christians to desecrate the sacrament of marriage and be forced into gestures and expressions of public support and the celebration of the abomination of Sodom. The crazy people and the perverts have the right to compel the sane and decent people not just to tolerate insanity and perversion, but to force them to participate in it, support it, and applaud it. The rights of the sane and the decent do not exist. Equality is abolished in the name of equality. As a believer in equality, you are left dazed and incoherent. Likewise, when you wake and find the protections of the First Amendments, the right to freedom of religion, freedom of worship, means that only Muslims are free to build schools that teach and promote the violent overthrow of the American government and the violent genocide of Jews and the violent slaughter of the Christians, whereas Christian institutions must support contraception, abortion, and homosex. So the anti-Christian religions trump the Christian religion. Fidelity is abrogated in the name of fidelity. Likewise, you are told that it is indecent to hold that marriage is between a man and a woman, or to hold that sex is between a male and a female, or to hold that any sex outside of marriage is wrong. You are told fertility is bad, and that babies must be prevented from life by contraception, or expunged from life by abortion. Because a baby is not a baby, but a fetus. Because life is not a life, but a clump of cells. Because chastity is not a word anyone has ever heard, 
Abstinence cannot work, but prenatal baby killing is effective and efficient as a form of birth control. You are told that boyfriends forcing their pregnant lovers into abortion clinics is an act of free choice on the part of the mother. You are told that mothers killing her own child in the womb is sacred, wholesome, and good, an act to be proud of, whereas any objection to that act is prompted solely by vile bigotry, misogyny, and evil motives, and therefore no argument, no debate, no reflection, no logic, and no thought will ever be brought to bear on the question. If you dare to ask a question on the point, the mavens will shriek like harpies, clutch their pearls, and pretend to faint. Decency is abolished in the name of what is socially acceptable. That is, in other words, decency is abolished in the name of decency. Now, as a conservative, you point out that all these things are simply illogical. Paradoxes even a schoolboy could see through and could see cannot possibly be true. A human offspring is not a non-human, nor is a living child a non-living being. A male is not a female. A thing cannot be itself and the opposite of itself at the same time in the same sense. A sentence that contradicts the same idea as it affirms is a self-refuting sentence. Reality cannot be unreal. You are answered that modern progress has proven that all truth is untrue, for all things are matters of mere opinion that each man decides for himself. To say that truth is true offends the liberty of each man to invent his own truth for himself. You are further answered that modern progress has proven that logic is merely a social adaptation mechanism formed by evolution and therefore has no authority to compel men to assent to it. To say that logic is logical because reason is reasonable offends the liberty of each man to enjoy whichever of the personal and invented truths as he sees fit. You are answered that moral progress has proven that morality consists of the single rule that all must tolerate any abridgment of morality as anyone sees fit, aside, of course, from hate speech and bad think, which are still immoral. Avoiding bad think is an absolute moral prohibition applied to all right-wing Anglo-American white male heterosexual Christians. To say that morals cannot be defined as immorality is a bad thing. The sole way to defend and promote the liberty of man, or so you are told, is to be evil, condone evil, promote evil, and worship evil. Now at the end of all these answers, Rip Van Conservative realizes that debate is simply impossible. One cannot debate with a creature who cannot and will not speak in a coherent sentence, cannot and will not think a logical thought, and whose sole verbal reply to any criticism, no matter how true and trenchant, is merely to accuse his accusers of the flaws he himself possesses. The stupid calls his smarter questioner stupid. The fool calls his wiser questioner foolish. The bigot calls his open-minded questioner bigoted. The fascist calls his freedom-loving questioner a fascist, and so on ad nauseum. In debate, the conservative is simply shouted down, filled with doubt, grows unwilling to continue, and compromises. The enemy, on the other hand, never compromises, never forgives, never forgets, never sleeps. And so the conservative loses every battle. Or so it seems to Rip Van Conservative. Let us gently return him to his sleep, to slumber another 80 years or so, to wake in a world, we hope, that will be as different from ours as ours is from his. The conservative politics of Rip Van Conservative have all failed. His compromises have all failed. And the enemy has marched from triumph to triumph while he slept. But we have a greater source of triumph yet. 
Ours are not enemies to be defeated only in words, only with swords, only by the employment of the soapbox, the jury box, the ballot box, and the ammo box. We have more. We struggle not against flesh and blood only, but also against principalities and powers. To defeat them, we must begin with fasting and with prayer.